You are now listening to The Big Data Beard. Hey everybody, this is Corey Minton and this is the final episode of season five of the Big Data Beard podcast. And for this episode, I have some incredible guests. You may know them. They are the incredible Big Data Beard team. I've got Kyle Prinz all the way from Sydney, Australia. Brett Roberts joining us from Boston, Massachusetts. And Aaron Banks, are you in Jersey or are you somewhere else today? No, I'm in Jersey today. Sweet. The great state of Jersey. So good to be home. Oh, isn't it though? We've all uh, we've all been home a little bit. Uh, we we took a crazy, wild trip uh, as part of season five. Uh, Brett and Kyle and I uh, went on a road trip. Does anybody remember that thing? I can't How forget you it. Forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to forget sweats. it. <laughs> it was uh, it was a wild trip. Two weeks uh, leading up to Splunk's conference. So we kind of. We shaped everything uh, in our conversations around uh, those organizations using Splunk and those organizations partnering uh, to make customers successful with Splunk. The incredible uh, sponsors uh, of the road trip were Dell Technologies, VMware, Red River Technologies, and Aero Electronics. And it was pretty epic, I'll say. Brett, what were some of the most uh, interesting stats that you, uh, that you collected for us along the journey? Yeah, so uh, just to, to start by saying, I was actually gone for six weeks. Uh, I just got back to my house about eight days ago, so uh, I am very happy to be back. Um, but for the actual road trip itself, it was two weeks. Uh, we did over about 4,000 miles just the road trip, plus all the additional miles that Corey and I drove to get the RV to the starting point, and then Corey driving afterwards, so about 6,000 in total. Uh we hit 17 states on the road trip. I think it was like uh, 14 different cities and 2,000 different Red Bulls. But I think my favorite stat is, and I'll actually let you guys guess this, uh, how many times did Corey honk the horn in a 14-day period? Kyle, any thoughts? Uh, I'm going to go with an over-under of around 150. Yeah. I'll take the over on that any day. I was going to say over, definitely over. Now listen. <laughs> and I wasn't even I wasn't even in that thing. Yeah, but in fairness though, let's be honest, the horn was magical. It was one of those like air horns that kind of sounds like a yacht, like whoop, you know, so like when anytime you'd hit it, it, it it was like you're playing a video game. <laughs> like it was a magical horn and it had an, it had its intended effect. Yeah, and to be fair, you drove Every single mile of this journey, you kind of get a pass on using the horn. Right? So I'll give <laughs> you that. And, and great job getting us from point A to B to to the end. So thanks. Yeah. And I will say too, I did notice, uh, I've never seen Corey so happy in his life than him sitting in the front of the RV for most of that trip. He had just a, the biggest grin on his face, you know, driving down the road, listening to John Denver. Uh, I, I've never seen you so happy. Yeah, I uh, I could moonlight as a, as an eighteen wheeler driver. I think being behind the wheel of such a massive land yacht was kind of fun. Now along the trip, we learned some things. One thing I learned is New Jersey has terrible roads. No offense, Banks. It's true. Um, it's, it's true. Uh, but I'm curious from from each of your perspectives, what did you learn uh, along the way, Brett? What was the number one thing that you learned on that crazy road trip? 
I, I think it's the importance of, of a good network and how, how critical networking and knowledge, knowledge of networks are. Uh, that was definitely our biggest bottleneck, both from a podcasting and a production standpoint, but also just from making sure that all of our IoT devices were sending the data over the network to Splunk. I think that's definitely a, was one of the biggest things I took away from the trip. Kyle, what about you? What's the number one thing that you learned in trying to get the IoT RV cross-country while making great shows? Yeah, I think one of the trickiest parts we had was uh, just around the availability of the devices as well. Uh, with them being headless units and us being on a quick time frame, we didn't build in a lot of um, redundancy and necessarily checking in on the IT of the IoT devices. So are they performing well? What's their heat at? What, what did we have as far as thrashing of the SD cards? Uh, so we were we took a really reactionary approach uh, to monitoring the health of those. And I, I think if we were to ever subject ourselves to this again, we could probably uh, improve upon that uh, yeah. next time if we ever do this again. I think the biggest thing we need to bring, because we will be doing this next time, is a smaller monitor that we can use to troubleshoot just in case i think having to get that big monitor uh you know plugged in and attached to every single edge device whenever something breaks is just not sustainable so you're saying a 27 inch monitor might be overkill for troubleshooting raspberry pi and gateways okay. <laughs> i mean 40 foot rv six thousand miles why not go big it's go big that was our like, trip that's exactly right now i heard you brett you just you committed us to doing something like this again is that is that am i hearing that correctly I've already signed all four of us up for it. So uh, he, he committed himself. <laughs> nope, you're Banks, on the hook. Did you hear that? You're, Banks, you're coming along. How do you feel I, about that? <laughs> Shaking my head. Nope, I am not going to be in that RV. That stinky. I can imagine the smell. That's all I like think about is what it smelled like. Like yeah. roses. Like it was yeah. a lot of a lot of Febreze. I'll roses? be honest. Well, actually, it was uh, we. The only thing uh, liquid that we went through more of than Red Bull was Febreze, in all honesty. So, uh, so it was quite it was quite fresh. Uh, but I think Aaron, you can join us on the next trip trip because it's not going to have an RV involved. It'll be something far more interesting and uh, friendly to uh, people traveling together over long distances. So I think it'll be fun. Nice. Now. So one of the things that we uh, that we had happen, if any of you were paying attention to the to the uh, to the road trip before we even really got started, we had a massive tire blowout uh, on the interstate in Tennessee as we were making our way to Boston. And just so you know, we had another one after the road trip ended uh, when my wife and I were driving the RV uh, from Vegas over to San Francisco. We went through Yosemite and we had a blowout uh, in the park. Uh, here's the side story. One, it is insanely expensive to have somebody drive from Fresno with a tire and then change it for you in the park. That stinks. The positive of the silver lining there is, is because of our, uh, stranded RV, we actually got to spend the night in Yosemite National Park in the parking lot of the lodge in an RV, which it's illegal to camp there, but we actually got to camp in the RV overnight in Yosemite and go out for, you know, mark, you know, walk under the stars, wake up early in the morning before the sun came up and have incredible access to the park. So silver lining there. Now, during the time, uh, we actually went to the conference, we wheeled this giant RV with all of our IoT sensors onto the floor. We had hundreds of people come through the RV every day. Uh, but we also saw some pretty cool things. I I'll tell you, my the, the coolest thing I saw at the entire conference was was definitely Doug calling us out on stage, like seeing our name in lights, 
on the on the screen of the keynote in front of 11,000 people and over 100,000 people in live stream was easily the coolest thing we saw or I saw. Kyle, I'm curious from your perspective, what's the coolest thing that you saw at Conf this year? I mean, that that was by far the uh, one of the coolest moments for me. But uh, as far as takeaways from the conference, um, I, swinging by the Splunk VR uh, demo station was absolutely wild. You know, we played with VR a bit on the road <laughs> and uh, had some fun there. But to be able to sit down and see VR uh, happen in a real world use case and being able to monitor your Splunk dashboards and dive into those further all through a VR headset was, uh, I think, one of the coolest takeaways for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny you say VR because one of the greatest things I saw not at the conference was Brett playing with his new VR headset in the park in the, the trailer park <laughs> in Texas, swinging around the handles. That was easily one of my favorite things to see. <laughs> Brett, Brett, what about VR you? What was your yeah, so just side note on that. Um, so I bought that Star Wars game for the VR headset. It only it's only like the first chapter, and then you have to buy the second chapter and the third chapter. So it's like nine dollars for every time you want to play like two or three levels. It's it's actually it's pay to play. very frustrating. Yeah, it's pay to play. Oh, oh no! But you do get to have a lightsaber duel with Darth Vader, so uh, it is still a win. Um, you know, I actually think just the uh, backyard barbecue area of the expo hall was just cool in itself. A lot of uh, use cases that you don't really think about for Splunk, like the cornhole boards or the smokers, or I think my favorite, which was the brewing of the beer. Uh, and of course, the RV, like all those cool things together, created a nice little uh, just place for people to hang out and uh, see some cool technology. Yeah, I agree. It was fun. Banks, I'm curious from your perspective. I know you didn't get to join us, but maybe what was the best thing that happened for you while we were out <laughs> doing this crazy road trip? <laughs> Besides not putting up with us. Well, I mean, that was it. It was so quiet. It was just, it was quiet. It was, it was nice. No, I miss you guys um, and our conversations and everything. But uh, being able to just really watch you guys from like afar and seeing like your travels and seeing all the great work that you're doing, it was, it, it, Pulled on my heartstrings and a little bit of FOMO, but um, well, I think guys didn't. I so, think the uh, the biggest piece of FOMO probably happened when uh, you got to watch Brett and Kyle unload the Nerf guns on me. <laughs> they should like I have never seen them that happen. Like they talked about me and the horn, yeah. like them and the Nerf guns unloading on an unarmed me. Easily the greatest thing that happened to him that that man. Month. That was a lot of pent up rage that came out over that thirty seconds. But uh, yeah, pure good, joy, man. <laughs> pure joy, made up for everything else. Banks, I'm curious though, what was your favorite episode or or breakfast with the beards episode that uh from the trip? Um, I don't know. I I like them all. I mean, I just think it was just a great concept, right? I don't. I don't want to like. It's like picking. Like one of you is my favorite. I can't do that. So I would we know, say we know which one it is. It's me. It's fine. <laughs> I would say all of them because I just think it was a great concept. I think it was just perfectly executed. I mean, you guys just you you just did a great job. So I think Brett just was really wanting you to talk about how much he loved making uh, me making him eat those Texas tornadoes in Armadillo or in uh, Amarillo. Oh, that was rough. Those were disgusting. Yeah, I know. I but still I can't eat all get over those. that. Those yeah, are terrible. Anyways, they're not good for you by any means. No, let's be honest. We shaved a few years of our life by doing that trip, and in total, it happened. Clearly, the the road trip is behind us. Conf, uh, another great conf, is behind us. Uh, but also, we had a whole season of shows in all of 2019 where we talked to some really incredibly interesting folks from around the world. 
And I want to spend a little bit of time just sort of recapping the things that we learned in uh, in 2019 and maybe some themes to watch as we look what's ahead of us in 2020. Um, I, I'll start with one just to kind of off the cuff that, that kind of seemed interesting for a podcast called, you know, Big Data Beard that's all about big data. Really, Hadoop had been at the center point of a lot of our conversations uh, for the first year and a half of our of our show. But it really felt like there has been significantly less talk about Hadoop, and it kind of trailed off faster than I expected. Anybody else sense that as we went through 2019? Yeah, I see a lot of open source projects that were built natively in Hadoop starting to expand outside of that. And while they did use HDFS as the file system to get started in, uh, in the job scheduler, I think they quickly realized that there's a, a bigger world outside of that. So now they're starting to try and democratize their their requirements, right? So now jumping into things like S3 and blob storage and, and and keying off of all the major cloud players and trying to be agnostic, quote unquote, but then also focusing on trying to keep themselves as an entire data platform uh, is kind of the big trend that I've seen come out of that. Yeah, I thought everything seems to be ag- like it seems to be moving, moving towards one commercial platforms is, are becoming more and more popular, right? Open source seems like where they start, but it doesn't seem as sustainable. But a lot of the services or those functions are starting to come become, as you call, called out, Kyle, they're being run oftentimes in the cloud and called just as a function versus having to have, you know, an entire big scale out system to run it. It's really just a, you know, a developer making an API call. Uh, one of the other things I noticed was uh, this idea that, you know, we talk a lot about tech, but there's a lot of human you know, human computer interaction conversations taking place. Uh, I thought those were interesting and they're going to watch in the future. Brett or, or Brett or Aaron, I'm curious from your perspective, what are some of the trends that you took away from this, uh, this last year's worth of podcast conversations? Yeah, I think first, uh, to your first point, Corey, about, you know, our expectations going into season four, uh, in the beginning of the year, I think everything or most of our conversations was some type of AI-related conversation, whether it's based on a use case or some technologies that are driving more of this uh, advanced analytics and cognitive analytics. So that was, I I kind of had the sense that that was going to be more of our conversations, but not such a shift from what we did last year to this year. Uh, And then the second thing is just how many organizations out there are taking advantage of the technology uh, around machine learning or deep learning and using it for good. So uh, Microsoft, Intel, I think we had two really exciting shows where they're actually pioneering a lot of really interesting use cases around um, bettering the world or solving some uh, nonprofit-esque use cases. Yeah, I think that's, you know, you talked about use case right there at the end. That's That's one of the things that I feel like really got to the center of every conversation we had was, you know, there's a lot of tech being developed and there's a lot of interesting technologies that solve some some really unique challenges. But one of the things that, that became abundantly clear was that, you know, really without a well-defined, you know, business outcome, every project that any organization and even the companies who develop the technology, they talk about their customers, without that really well-defined business outcome objective with executive buy-in and kind of cross-company belief, it really is hard to be successful. And what I took away from a lot of the practitioners that we talked to was that there's a lot of stuff that's already been done and that organizations just haven't even adopted the things that are already available and out there. Like people aren't spending near enough time combing GitHub for projects that have already been figured out. One of the thing that we as a team, and this is a little bit of uh, inside the trust tree for our listeners, we ran into was uh, 
publishing a a weekly podcast uh, while having you know day jobs in industry is really challenging. We've uh, jokingly referred to it as our uh, late this year. It's been our existential crisis. Is what is uh, what is the future of the Big Data Beard podcast look like? Um, we we don't know exactly. We're we're thinking through it, and I, I'm just curious, Brett, Kyle, Aaron, any anything you want to add to that uh, to the existential crisis journey we're going through right now? Yeah, editing every week is just so time consuming. Uh, it takes a lot out of you. But I am still excited and energized by what we do and kind of all the great feedback we get. So I want to keep it going. Uh, I think uh, focusing on the use case and some of the applications of this technology is something that I want to explore more next year. I've been of the the mindset that um, given that we all learned that, you know, use cases were uh, were supremely interesting. Um, I think that, you know, if, if the listeners are, are interested, what we're thinking about in season six is, is really that it's less about technology for technology's sake and actually trying to go out and find interesting ways that people are applying machine learning, they're applying deep learning, artificial intelligence, they're using IOT less about how they built it and more about why and what is the outcome and what is the impact? Because, you know, one of the things that we're finding, you know, I think in a lot of our conversations is that the technology and the capabilities are being democratized. And so it's becoming easier. So we think, you know, maybe there's this creative conversation that we want to have around, you know, use cases. So we encourage you to tune in to season six. What we will say is it is not going to be a weekly podcast uh, in 2020. That uh, that schedule is just not sustainable for us. But we do want to continue finding great conversations that you will find interesting and you'll find inspiring. Um, and one that we've the the one show that we've actually committed to already that we're that we're working on recording in December is uh, is this company called Apex Pro, and it's basically a it's a digital driving coach. It's a a little IoT device that goes in your car where during uh, during times when you want to go onto a road track or a racetrack, and it uses uh, machine learning and IoT to actually give real time driver feedback to uh, to help drivers go faster around a racetrack. Now this strikes close to home for me uh, as my uh, my hobby, and I, the, the boys and girls in the show know how much I like like talking about cars. I probably should have a car show, not a big data show, but uh, I'm going to the track actually December 15th, and the team at Apex has partnered up with me to outfit the G8 with an Apex. And so the first episode of the year for 2020 will be uh, hopefully feature some video, maybe some in-car audio from uh, from my experience, and then we're actually going to sit down with the uh, a professional race car driver who's the uh, one of the founders of Apex, to have him coach me through the data. So you guys will actually get to see how bad or maybe how good my driving is. I'm guessing how bad. And, uh, and maybe we'll do some follow-up episodes throughout the year. But it's always going to be about use case. That said, we really would like you, the listener, to give us uh, some input. We want to know what use cases you find interesting and that you want to explore and that you'd like to see us go down the path of exploring with you. So we encourage you to reach out to us. You can always ping us on Twitter uh, or you can ping us on LinkedIn. Um, you can also reach out to us directly uh, just by sending an email to brett at bigdatabeard.com. <laughs> brett didn't know I was going to use his email address, but brett at bigdatabeard.com. Brett will absolutely feel those requests. I'm going to get so many emails. <laughs> You're welcome, Brett. 
Uh, so send Brett your ideas and Brett will work on uh, helping us figure out which ones are the most interesting to pursue in 2020. Now, before 2020 shows up, we've got the holiday season ahead of us. We want to say thank you for a wonderful 2019. We uh, hope that you have wonderful times with family uh, and that you have an incredibly blessed, thankful holiday season. Uh, Before we skip to our favorite part, I'm curious, Kyle, Brett, Aaron, do you have any interesting things you're going to be nerding out on over the holidays? Kyle, what about you? Yeah, so uh, I live, you know, just a couple, couple miles south of our local customer solution center. Uh, so we're actually actively working on building out some fun stuff that we showcased on the road in Austin. Uh, so we're getting our Splunk cluster stood up. Uh, we're also getting 8.0 stood up uh, and then trying to get some of the new announcements implemented in our lab. Uh, I've been playing with IoT a bit and running TensorFlow uh, at the edge. So how do we train a model in the core and then push that container uh, out to the edge? So we got quite a bit that we're geeking out on over here. Uh, I'm sure my wife will get really upset with me at some point until me put my laptop away, but we'll we'll see how long I can make it before I get yelled at. <laughs> Brett, what about you? What are you going to be tinkering with this holiday season? Yeah, so uh, some of the things that we tried to do on the RV that we just didn't have the time for, I've been working on. So like Kyle said early, earlier, uh, the durability of our Raspberry Pi. So working on getting some of the internal data from you know CPU temp to uh, just utilization and playing with that in Splunk. Uh, I'm also playing with TensorFlow a little bit and doing some things with object detection around my house. And then I'm actually going to get uh, a certification over the holidays. I'm, I'm signed up for a couple of classes, and then I'll have to pass a, a test, and hopefully I get the next level of certification for Splunk. Nice. Banksy, are you doing any uh, any tinkering with anything fun? No. <laughs> no? Hiding from tech? <laughs> yes. Good for you. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy, crazy 2020, which I can't believe it's going to be 2020, uh, but it's going to be pretty nuts for me. So I'm just going to do everything I can to try to relax and breathe and just uh, not be in front of my laptop for a little bit of time. So Good for you. Well, I got a fun new toy. Uh, one, I'm getting the Apex Pro, which is going to go on the track with me on December 15th. But one of the things I'm going to use to capture some hopefully cool video footage that everybody will see is I got a... Uh, a pretty sweet little Mavic uh, drone. Uh, I don't know if you guys have gotten into drones, but I got a, I got a, one of the, the sweet one? little Mavic. Uh, yeah, I got one. It's pretty dope. It's uh, I got the Mavic Mini, so it's like the travel one. But dude, it's got a two point seven K camera, so not quite four K. But let's be honest, I don't really need four K. Nobody even needs own to a see 4K me. Four K TV. <laughs> I know exactly. So what do I need that for? So I so I got one, the Mavic Mini, and it. But it's it's dude, it's rad. It's got the three axis gimbal camera on it, and it's small enough. I didn't realize this, but the FAA, right, the, which is in the U.S., is the the you know the the government agency managing the airspace. They've now implemented laws where if you have a drone that weighs more than two hundred and fifty grams, which by the way is like the weight of a cell phone, if you have a drone that weighs more than that, you actually have to register it with the FAA, and you have to have a tail number like printed or shown on your drone. Like, and if you don't, you can go to federal. It's a felony, and I'm not just talking about to fly the thing in, you know, in uh, you know some sort of protected airspace. I'm talking about to take it out to the park and fly it. If it weighs more than 250 grams and it's not registered, you can literally, you're in violation of U S federal law. So this thing is 249 grams. 
So it's like the highest end camera that falls under the under that spec so you can do it without getting, you know, in federal prison, which is kind of ideal. Yeah, so the uh, so the U.S. is cracking down on drones because apparently a bunch of people that own drones are a bunch of idiots and fly them where they shouldn't. Not that that's ever happened before. So how do you like it? Uh, Sorry. Dude, actually, I, I know you're fine. You got on this for a bit. I... <laughs> yeah, so I so I bought the Fly More combo. Interestingly enough, I so I went on to DJI's website to try to buy it, and I couldn't. They didn't have any, and they said they weren't going to have any till like well after Christmas. So I went to Best Buy, Amazon. Like nobody had them. You know who had them? The Apple Store. The Apple Store in in, in Birmingham had three of them in stock. So I went and got one there. Um, but candidly, I got it yesterday. Uh, and I got the batteries all charged up and it's been a crazy couple of days. I haven't even, I haven't even flown it yet. So I will, uh, I will send you, I'll be, I'll be sure and post some, uh, some video to Twitter of my first flying. I did also buy the DJI protection plan for $39 that, uh, if, uh, you crash it, uh, you can get a low cost, uh, replacement. So that's a good thing. That is a good idea. <laughs> We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew, pew. Kyle, I'm going to start with you. What is the last great book you've read that you'd recommend to our listeners, Kyle? I have not had much time to read lately. I've uh, been digging through a bunch of REST API guides. Uh, so it would be more of a, there's a new standard, a swagger standard that I've been reading through the documentation. Seems pretty, pretty cool little piece of tech. Uh, so yeah, that's been my late night reading lately swagger kyle or excuse me brett what about you what's the great book you've been reading yeah i think the last book great book that i read was called leading change all around how do you manage uh you know organizational change and process change and how do you kind of influence uh the adoption of that it was pretty interesting Nice. nice thanks what about you what's a great book you've read recently that you'd recommend well, I always, I mean, right now I'm just reading marketing books. I like the ones by uh, Seth Godin. I think those are really great. But I always go back to the Phoenix Project whenever I need like a nice little like reminder of tech without too much tech. So it, nice. I can't ignore that one. Nice. Well, I've, uh, I go, I went to the human route this time. I'm always a fan of Malcolm Gladwell and his latest book, Talking to Strangers, uh, is quite an interesting uh, expose on the way that uh, we interact with people we don't know and the problems that can happen with making assumptions. Uh, and if you're an audio audible listener, uh, it is uh, the first book that's been done sort of in a podcast format. So it's a totally different kind of feel as the book is read. It actually includes like live, you know, news reels. Like anytime they reference an interview, they try to get the live interview version of it. So pretty awesome. All right, Brett, if you had a song to play when you walk on stage at a conference to present, what would it be? Man, I've dodged this question for how many podcasts, and I finally have to answer it. Uh, <laughs> I still don't know. Now, um, let's go with The I Motto by Drake. I think that's a, a good one. Strong choice. Banks, what about you? Your walk-on song, what is yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it has to be a Beyonce song, of course, right? Mm, and um, Queen B. Well, the only thing that really matters for women is, you know, rule the world, which is, you know, Who girls. Who the world? Girls. <laughs> Kyle, how about you? What's your uh, what's your walk on song next time you talk at a conference? Let's go with uh, Passion Pit. Take a walk for the literal translation, and I just have been listening to that a lot lately. Strong. Well, mine is going to be another Drake song. It's Big Rings, and that is because it talks about my team and these fine people on the call or podcast are my team. All right, Banks. What piece of technology is currently making your life worse? <laughs> 
I want to just say my laptop, but then when I sit there and think about trying to like walk away from the laptop and do stuff, but still carrying my iPhone with me and still getting text messages for work and calls from work and emails from work are pretty painful. So right now it's just my work email. And when Mark Benhoff, the founder of Salesforce was talking with Tim Cook on stage at their, their big conference, he said that he no longer owns a laptop. He does his, Mark Benhoff does the entire job running Salesforce from an, from an iPhone, which is crazy. Yeah. So maybe it's possible. Ooh. Brett, what about you? What piece of technology is making your life worse? My phone. The battery's <laughs> horrible on it right now, and uh, it just doesn't have a whole lot of space left. So I'm looking well, at it's an iPhone 4. Season. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. iPhone classic. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Any tech making your life worse? Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my local router. Uh, it's an old school Netgear, and it just constantly will drop the connectivity to my Apple TV, even though it's across the room. Uh, so trying to deal with that. And we don't have cable, so we just stream everything. So when that goes out, it's like our cable goes out. So it's, it's, it's been a pain. Yes. Pain. Ooh, that's no good. I'm going to say mine is uh, Apple TV, or not Apple TV, AT&T TV, the streaming service. Streaming Ooh. services in general, why are they going up in price so much? I'm done. I'm over it. I'm going to go all a cart. They're not going to own me. What is your biggest personal money pit right now, Kyle? Uh, it's about to be networking gear because, <laughs> well, if it's broken, you might as well just spend a lot of money and get it fixed. So uh, taking a look at that and getting that done. Nice. Brett, what about you? I've bought way too many Raspberry Pis over the last couple of months <laughs> and not the food, unfortunately. Oh, nice. Banks, what about you? What are you spending all your disposable income on? Yeah, my car. She just, uh, I think she's not used to sitting for a while now that I live in the city. She doesn't have a garage. This is what doesn't. happens when you buy an Audi. I know. No, well, well, it is an RS5, so it seems to be my most expensive Audi. Mm. So, uh, you gonna so bring it down here and are... ride it on the track with me? Come on. Mm, that might be fun, especially because I don't really it. get to drive that fast here in Jersey. Because as you stated, the roads suck. So, hey, can we talk uh, about this? Why do you have to have somebody fill up your gas for you in Jersey? Well, so they changed the law. There, you can do a couple of stations can. Um, now you can pump it yourself, but I, I did not live here when Jersey made that rule. I will admit, uh, somebody that's moved recently from Massachusetts, it's nice to be in the car when it's like snowing or raining mm. or really, really cold and being able to that. sit in my heated seat and listen to the radio and not having to get out and pump it. So yeah. it has its advantages. And there have been times if they're taking too long, I definitely get out and we'll just pump it myself. So there you go. Yeah. All right, Banks, are you binging on any in, any shows right now? Yeah, I'm trying to finish um, Handmaid's Tale. I'm kind of obsessed with it uh it's it's on hulu and i just i love it all right brett what about you what show are you watching i've decided to rewatch the office for the 50th time before it gets <laughs> off netflix so oh, uh, they're taking it off netflix they are oh we're gonna have to hook you up with a with a nas and a service you can pull that I, bad boy down i actually just bought the uh the disney streaming service and uh it's pretty awesome oh it's great really yeah oh disney Plus is amazing Re- reliving my childhood <laughs> yeah mandalorian is pretty great i was pretty pleased with it i don't like that they're releasing it once a week though i understand like the the their thought process behind it but i really do like the binging aspect of it so that's that is my only yeah. uh that and you don't have recently played so if you go through or you get out of the app and you have to go back you have to go search for what you're watching again so yeah those are my two honest, biggest on feedback, the, piece of feedback based on the challenges they've had with uh 
keeping the streaming up. Maybe it's better that they don't have that much Mandalorian for people to stay on for that many hours at a time. Kyle, what about you? Any shows that uh, that they play over in the uh, upside down land that are yeah, good? Yeah, you just got to flip your TV upside down to watch them if they're American nice. made. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I've I've been watching a lot of The Office. Uh, so taking a oh, you nerds. A, a page from Brett's book. Yeah, we're uh, we've been binging it. We're on uh, season seven now. So uh, yeah, it's been good. Uh, as well as the morning show or morning wars. Uh, the morning show, the Apple TV one. Yeah, that yeah. one's really, really good. Yeah. Ah, okay. See, I, I saw started a bunch that of, too. That's good. I saw a bunch of uh, so much news about it, like where it was getting good reviews, but apparently Apple hate Apple haters were like, you know torching it and so it was getting bad reviews on certain sites and the apple people came out and they were like no nah, this is just people who don't like apple <laughs> yeah it's a great show man it kind of yeah. feels like the newsroom uh with that was uh aaron sorkin's tv show yeah yeah kyle which so episode started... are you watching i'm on season seven as well oh uh i'm not sure uh we're past christmas uh, okay uh, yeah <laughs> Nice. Well, I uh, I started at the rec- recommendation of Keith Cubido. I started. I tried Watchmen. Uh, wow, that is really really strange. All right, yeah. so it's the holidays. Is anybody going anywhere super interesting, Brett? What's your next interesting trip? So I'm going to San Francisco uh, for a couple days in December, and then I uh, might be going down to uh, the land down under next year. So I'm looking forward Ooh. to that. What? Go hang out. <laughs> Not to see you. <laughs> To, to see everyone but you. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? You traveling anywhere fun? I am. Uh, yeah, in six days, uh, we are heading to Germany. Uh, so we're meeting my family. Uh, they're flying from the States, and we're all meeting uh, in Germany and cruising around there for two weeks. Uh, it was a bit of a family get-together. So I'm pretty for excited you. for that. Yeah, it'll be a good time, man. Oh, and you thought you you thought you'd had all the two meats you were going to have this year on the RV trip? <laughs> Good lord, we're going to be eating a lot of schnitzel and sausages, man. <laughs> Lots of sausages. Going to be awesome. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh Banksy, what about you? You doing any fun traveling? Well, I I was supposed to go to Cuba, but that Ooh. got um, nixed. Thank you. Why? Why is it American embassy nixed it or just yeah, you nixed it? It's been nixed by Trump, so uh, oh. he's not allowing that. So now I'm going to Mexico. That's you know the bummer. I, the thing I'd love to see in Cuba is like. The, all the like old cars that they have right? there. That seems like... So you can't go to Havana anymore? Mm-mm. I mean, you can go like the original route that we could go, you know, back in the good old days. Yeah. Um, you can still what do is that. that by boat? Like <laughs> through Canada, or I think you can say like it's an educational trip or something like that. But <laughs> this was like... <laughs> I thought you meant you were going to like craft a raft and go <laughs> the opposite direction. <laughs> that might be easier at this point. <laughs> Me and my little... I'll just get a little oar. <laughs> I just can't wait to... See you on the news, like a like a DEA helicopter comes overboard. It's like, it's, what are you doing? Are those drugs? No, I'm going to Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, speaking of Canada, I, I'm actually taking the uh, the family on our very fir- the kids' very first ski trip. So I have a seven year old and a five year old. They're going skiing for the first time, and we're going to uh, fly into Vancouver. Weirdly enough, flights to Vancouver were half the price of flying into Salt Lake or Denver. I have no idea why. So we're going to go to Whistler and Blackcomb for four days uh, of skiing the first week of December. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's uh, two days of ski school for the kids, and then uh, then we'll see if we can hold on to them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has been uh, super fun to have you along for the ride of season five of the Big Data Beard podcast. We hope that you have 
an incredible holiday season. And we encourage you to tune back in to the Big Data Beard podcast in early 2020 as we kick off season six of the show, where we're going to be digging into use cases of AI and machine learning in real life. And we encourage you to reach out to us on social media to provide us your insights on what you think would be interesting in terms of use cases for us to explore. Thanks again for joining us on the Big Data Beard Podcast. The music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. Check him out on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard Podcast. <laughs>